Welcome to What You Need When You Need It, a bi-monthly podcast by Seattle Credit Union on relevant topics affecting our city and our state and ways to positively impact your financial health. No matter where you are in your life, Seattle Credit Union is here to help you prosper. Hi, everybody. My name is Susie, and I'll be your moderator for today's podcast. This week, we're sitting down with Richard Romero, CEO with Seattle Credit Union, and Ollie Garrett, the president of Tabor 100, an association committed to economic power, educational excellence, and social equity for Black Americans and the community at large. Our topic today is empowering entrepreneurs and small business. We'll discuss financial strategies, loan programs, and local resources available from Tabor 100 to help you get your business up and running. I want to thank Ollie and Richard for joining us today, and let's kick off with just a couple of quick introductions. Richard, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself, please? Uh, sure thing. My name is Richard Romero. I'm the president and CEO of Seattle Credit Union. Um, I've been helping small businesses and been in banking for 32 years. That's great. And Ollie, you have a couple of different titles. You're president of Tabor 100. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself as well? Hi, I'm Ollie Garrett, president of Tabor 100. I'm also a small business owner. I run a debt collection company called PMT Solutions out of Bellevue, Washington. Ollie, what was your path to becoming an entrepreneur? Did you always want to start your own business? I'm originally from a small town in Mississippi called Canton, Mississippi. And all of my family members were business owners in the construction industry. My father built homes. One brother was an electrician. One was a logger. One did cabinets. But also uh, that kind of got me in the role of being advocacy and small business owner. I'm happy to have you both with us today. You know, small businesses are the heart of our communities and they create jobs and are, are real vital to our neighborhoods, providing places to live and work. And according to the SBA, the Small Business Association, more than half of our workforce either works for or owns a small business. I mean, I want to say that again, like more than half. I think it's easy for us to have top of mind big brands and businesses in our communities because um, they have such a stronghold, but 50% are thriving because of small businesses in our communities. So Establishing and running a small business, how do we get started? It's not an easy task. And I think, you know, some people are born with an entrepreneurial spirit and are um, sort of willing to go for it. And others need a little bit of a kickstart. They need to go broader than this great idea and really learn some of the um, specifics about how to get started. So, Ollie, can you tell us more about Tabor 100? Perhaps a good place to start is how you got the name so that people understand the background and then a little bit about what Tabor 100 provides. Okay, Tabor 100 was created in the aftermath of a state initiative here in Washington State eliminating affirmative actions. Layson Tabor, who was a successful African-American business guy, devoted his time and money to trying to defeat the initiative. So shortly after he died, one of his best friends got together and gathered 100 of his closest friends and they formed Tabor 100. And the original concept was for it to be 100 black businessmen from the Seattle area. Today, it has evolved into over 300 women and men, not just business owners, 
uh, people from the community that support businesses, people from different organizations that's part of their role is advocacy for women and minority-owned businesses, contractors, public and private sector members. That's amazing. It's really nice that it's beyond membership of those who need some of the advice, but people who willingly come and say, we also are looking for small businesses. We're looking for self-starters. We're looking for new ideas, new ways to solve problems. Do I understand that correctly? So it's really a blend of both. Correct. Amazing. Ollie, can you tell us a bit about your space? Paint a little picture for us about what your headquarters is like. Tabor 100 Hub is based in Tukwila, Washington. It's about 15,000 square feet. It's surrounded by free parking, easy access off the freeway. We tout that this is the first in the nation of its kind with this particular unique mix of services to business. We have collaboration space, private huddle rooms, five meeting rooms. Wow. It's just a big co-op working space for women and minority-owned business, people in business. Seattle Credit Union is one of the tenants here. We have OMWBE, the Office of Women and Minority Business Enterprise, that has an office here. The city of Seattle has an office here. Cornerstone Construction has an office here. And we we have about five small businesses that have office here, and consultants that have cubicle space here. So it's quite a large space then. You can have a conference room, you can rent a classroom space, or actually attend a class that's being hosted by Tabor 100 or another consultant within that space. Do I understand that correctly? That is correct. That's pretty amazing. And then some of those businesses that are on site, they are among those providing consulting services. Some are providing consulting services and some, this is now their office space, their business location. I gotcha. That's great. Richard, I want to jump to you since we're speaking about that. I know that Seattle Credit Union is one of the tenants there. Can you tell us just a little bit about why you decided to put a location inside Tabor 100? Sure, Susie. I'd be glad to. You know, I met Ollie as they were putting the Tabor 100 hub together and after we chatted about how we could support, one of the things we decided to do was actually go out and hire a small business lending manager. Her name is Angelica Dotti, and she specializes in consulting one-to-one with small businesses. And her expertise ranges everywhere from small business lending, SBA lending, and really trying to problem solve for small businesses. So one of the things we did is we created a very small office there to meet. Uh, personally, one-on-one with small business owners and try to find solutions for them. Our goal is to provide learning opportunities also. Uh, We want to make sure that people have access to capital for their small businesses, which are largely ignored by larger institutions. So, you know, our sweet spot is that small business um, that may need funds up to $50,000, but we certainly go above that. But the below $50,000 market is typically the one that's the hardest to find capital for, which is where we really like to put our focus. And lastly, one of the other things that we're really, we did get interrupted with COVID, but we're really looking forward to doing is providing classes in collaboration with different partners to focus on different things that businesses need, you know, whether it's business plan preparation, tax assistance, 
or how to get your business documentation in line to be able to take advantage of benefits that are out there? Richard, I love hearing that. You know, I think there are a lot of challenges about getting your business up and running. And even so, let's say you find some momentum, year two, three, five, different things come up that you need to be ready for. And I think you get so busy in the weeds of running your business. And so where do you carve out the time to know what resources are available or who can come to your aid in crazy times like the one we're currently facing with the pandemic? So it's so important that there is sort of a home base and a community there to support one another. Would you agree with that, Ollie? Well, as you said in the beginning, the desire to start a small business is not just a good idea and the motivation to get started. One of the things that I learned uh, when I started my company was I didn't know what I didn't know that I didn't know. (laughs) Right. And I tell folks, if I knew some of the things I didn't know that I didn't know, I don't know if I would have started my business. But the most important thing that I was faced with in starting a business was access to capital. Yeah. So if I had known a Richard and a Seattle Credit Union at the time I started my company, I probably would have been farther ahead in the stages where it took me longer to get my business going in order to grow the business and things like that. When you start putting a business together and you don't have capital and you're piecing funds as you can, it's harder to get going because you're using up these little small funding pieces as you get to it and you're doing things on a smaller scale than you would want to if you had the cash flow to get going and to get out there. Sure. Uh, So I tell people the most important, one of the most important things if you're thinking about starting a business is making relationship and having someone that supports you, your passion, and coaching you through the process of what you don't know that you don't know. One of the things that we try to do with these businesses is make sure you've thought things through. You have a CPA, you have a banker, you have a business plan, you understand all of the legal laws and things that go along with staffing and hiring employees, you know what insurance you're going to have to pay. And in some cases, when we get done, you might have to answer the question, do I really want to start a business? That's right. Uh, So, you know, we have a lot of people in the construction industry and we have people that they're good at their job, but it doesn't mean you're ready to start a business. So we kind of work with people to get them through understanding what's necessary and why it's important to have certain relationships before you get started. Yeah, that's so important. I also understand that there may be listeners out there and it's like, well, not going to open my flower shop then, <laughs> or whatever that might be. You right. know, what do, what do I not know that might slow me down? But I think the flip side or, or part of that answer is this community that can point you in the right direction. Richard, is that your experience as well? Yes, Susie. You'll hear me uh, mention a lot of times that the most important thing for a business to do is to really align their resources before they actually need them. As Ollie mentioned you know, last thing you want to do is be in the middle of an emergency and try to figure out how to get capital, you know, whether you have a restaurant and your freezer goes out or you have mm-hmm. a food truck and your, your truck breaks down, 
you should have your credit lines or your emergency loans or your emergency savings already lined up. And one of the issues we often find is people come to us with an emergency and they need the money literally as they're speaking. Um, There is no more time. And when we try to work with them and try to find different resources for them, a lot of times we'll find that they haven't filed taxes in two to three years. They may not have their documentation for their business ownership handy because a lot of times businesses start very casually. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of times they're handed off between husband to wife or there were partners and that never gets cleaned up. So the tech, we call it technical support. You'll hear that term thrown around in the small business world that you can get from Tabor and even from Seattle Credit Union is what you need to get in order to figure out, okay, I have this binder with everything I need. Um, you know, I'm prepared for the next emergency because a lot of times, and, and I'll tell you, we see it all the time. We've had people come to us and say, I need $25,000, like literally at the moment to make payroll this afternoon. Mm-hmm. And, you know, while we're quick, we, we're not always that quick, especially because as a lender, we do have to document things. We can't just give out money. So that's the biggest piece of advice I can give you. Absolutely. That's interesting. You know, if you haven't started a business before, you come in with this energy and these ideas, and there's a handful of things you know you need. But as Ollie was saying, you don't know what you don't know. <laughs> so I think it's great to uh, build what I would call build your team. You know, these, these advisors around you, you've shaken the hand of someone who can advise you in these number of areas that are going to be important for your success. It's really great. Ollie, can you take a moment to tell us about how membership works at Tabor 100? Is there a fee that you pay or how do you go about getting space and access to the services you provide? Uh, Membership at Tabor is an annual membership. We have the small business join with an annual membership fee. And we have different levels of sponsorship. And most of the time, I start out by asking someone, just tell me your budget and what it is you would like out of the hub. And we design those sponsorships according to their needs of how they want to use the facility here. We have the rental space for the office, the cubicle space, and then people can rent out small workstations. But the membership fees include access to the facility. I see. That includes the office spaces, conference rooms, uh, things in the kitchen like coffee, water, whatever, those types of things. Correct. That's great. I love hearing that you can design a membership around what their needs are because there are some that need uh, more assistance, especially if they're just getting started, perhaps, than someone who has a nice rhythm and is in part contributing to the community as much as receiving some of those services uh, as a beneficiary. So let's talk about what's going on this summer in particular. Can you tell us what you're hearing amid the pandemic closures that are happening and how small businesses are pivoting to stay relevant during this difficult time? The number one thing, it was the fear, the fear of no income. How are we going to survive? How are we going to sustain? How are we going to keep afloat doing this trying time? Even with Tabor, a lot of our revenue was from people booking the rooms, coming in, holding events and doing outreach and things to the business community. So we had to ask ourselves the same question. 
Walmart had a big event coming up on reaching out to minority business on products and what products you would like to get into their stores. Amazing. Uh, yeah. Different contractors were doing outreach for upcoming projects. So everything came to a complete halt. So what we had to do was just shift what we were doing to say, how can we now help these businesses survive? We worked with Commerce, who gave us a grant to uh, do outreach to folks applying for grants with Washington State. We worked with the credit union and uh, getting people through the PPP process and trying to get those loans in. And any grants or anything that we see or saw out there, we share that information with our members. We had a lot of firms that wasn't certified, and a lot of the public sector that's looking to do business with minority businesses, the first thing they do is go into the state site to see who do we have certified out there. And we will find we have businesses that can fulfill some of these RFPs, but they're not state certified. A lot of the business owners are also workers. So they're out in the field every day doing work, didn't have time to sit at a computer and do paperwork. So we took the time. The first thing we did was how to get certified through the state, and we made it virtual. So the first segment was going through the complete checklist to help them understand what you need in order to get certified. And in phase two, two weeks later, was the application is online. So now we're going to come back. You're going to have all of your documents ready and let's just pull up the application and walk through getting certified with the state. That's great. And we just had to shift everything we were doing and try to get it into a virtual environment. There's all kinds of challenges and fear up front and then starting to step through that process and finding ways to get the funding or to stay afloat. It was amazing going through the process and helping businesses and looking at the applications that they were turning in. It was really interesting to see how much technical assistance that these businesses still need, which is part of why we wanted the hub and to work with people to get them ready and to even look at the applications to say, wait a minute, we can't turn this in. They didn't answer this question or they didn't fill out this. We were able to make sure that these applications were complete and to reach out to some of the companies to kind of help them understand what we are seeing and to see where they actually need more help, not just for the application, but just to be in business. We had quite a few new businesses that has come out of this whole pandemic. We had a consultant that was coaching and helping business. And that person ended up, uh, her and another member said, wait a minute, what about starting a cleaning company? When it's time to go back, we got, the people are going to need to have their space disinfected and they are going to be a success story that we're going to tell in our next newsletter that they've gotten contracts already. They are starting to make money in a whole new area of what they were doing before the pandemic. Isn't that interesting? I love hearing that, you know, and it's just someone 
finding an opening and finding a way to put together, um, you know, a small company and put other people to work alongside them. You know, that's really a great example. Thank you for sharing that. There's a lot of light at the end of these tunnels, but um, some folks are still in the middle of that tunnel and it seems pretty dark. So, um, but we're all finding new ways to push through. And the way you describe it makes me feel like it's, you know, when you sort of have a friend who's a lawyer or the neighbor who works in insurance, or you're going to have a colleague take a once over on a document to make sure it looks complete before you send it in. These are the resources that not every new small business owner has and that Tabor brings collectively with the support of organizations like Seattle Credit Union having their space inside of Tabor 100. I just, I really love the community aspect of helping one another. It is core to what Seattle Credit Union believes as well, is that we all need to work together for the betterment of the community. You're listening to What You Need When You Need It, a bi-monthly podcast by Seattle Credit Union on relevant topics affecting our city and our state and ways to positively impact your financial health. Thanks for tuning in. Richard, can I toss it back to you? Speaking of membership, we were talking about that earlier for Tabor. Can you just clarify for us? I like to make sure we cover this in each podcast that our name is Seattle Credit Union, but membership to Seattle Credit Union or access to small businesses is not limited to this region. Yes, that's correct, Susie. Uh, Anyone who works uh, or uh, lives in the state of Washington can open an account with Seattle Credit Union. As far as businesses go, We specialize in anything that's uh, from micro business and a micro business could be someone who literally just needs a couple of thousand dollars all the way to large commercial businesses that may need commercial real estate services or equipment loans. Amazing. I've also heard the term bridge loans. Can you talk to us about that? I mean, I know that's just a phrase as in connecting between um, one situation to the next, but I heard the phrase bridge loan quite a bit as businesses and even individuals were trying to make ends meet at the front end of the pandemic. Sure. A bridge loan is exactly what it says. It's basically a loan that's designed to carry you from one situation to the next situation. In the case of the pandemic, an example would be right when the pandemic hit, if your business needed money to carry over until other benefits or loans or different employment benefits kicked in, uh, you could get a bridge loan that's just a short-term loan that could get you to the next source of funds. So an example would be the SBA PPP loan, which was created to protect payroll and give money to small businesses so they can continue to pay their employees until the economy picks back up. We were able to do about 100 of those loans, and we're hoping for the program to come back. Yeah, that's true. That's a great explanation. I know too, Ollie, that you had written up some information about just addressing issues like employee retention, which is tied to what Richard is describing, making payroll and just cash flow management. For those starting back in business and depending on what phase they're in, we have the free thermometers to get them going. We have the kits, the care package if they need masks, hand sanitizers and things like that in order to get back going in business. They can come here and pick up those items. But we just are staying uh, involved in all of the public and private sector of any programs or anything that they have that a business would need. You can just one-stop shop. Just go to Tabor, 
and just click on what you need and call us and we work with you on that. Thanks, Ollie. Hi, Richard. I'd like to turn it back to you and talk a little bit about the types of small business support available at Seattle Credit Union. Of course, I think we would imagine there's a variety of loans. Are there other services and, and consulting that happen inside Tabor 100 at your by appointment office? Sure. The consulting we do for small businesses is really complete. Um, we look at everything from the small business accounts, so the checking account, the savings account, line of credit, um, and then we move into what kind of capital does the business need. So does it need um, a line of credit? Does it need um, an emergency line of credit? One thing that we didn't mention that we are looking forward to doing with Tabor is we want to help out businesses who work through Tabor and are able to get contracts with big contract providers, anything from the city of Seattle, Port of Seattle, Sound Transit, and find ways to get capital to these small businesses who don't have access to be able to take on a larger contract. So an example may be, you know, a small construction company who, let's say, does irrigation who could score a contract with Sound Transit, but they don't have the equipment necessary for a, a job that size. We want to work with that business and Tabor and Sound Transit to figure out how can we get these small businesses equipped with a loan, knowing that they have a contract available to build up their business and get that momentum going. So what we offer is the ability to sit down and, and listen to your story and give the opportunity of the business owner to tell us a story. We don't just look at a credit score or a credit history. We understand that, especially with small businesses, there are hiccups in the road. We're here to find solutions, you know, whether it's through us or whether through an SBA program or through other partners that we have in the community that provide capital to small businesses. I love that example. It's so empowering. And, you know, a lot of times these People, they have the right skill set and, and to even, you know, have a possible connection that makes a job a reality, but there's some other stumbling block in the way. And in this case, it's just the tie-in to rent the equipment, you know, which you know you'll get that money back when you've already secured the first job, you know. So it's really great to hear this flexibility. Again, it's like having those friends and colleagues in a variety of businesses who help you make things possible, what are some of the questions you're hearing from your uh, Seattle Credit Union membership regarding small business needs and loans? Is there a swing towards certain types of questions given the current situation? Well, unfortunately, the current situation, we're hearing a lot about emergencies. So a lot of members are trying to figure out how to keep their business afloat. We do have members that are growing their business and finding uh, pivots, as you, as you were calling them, um, and we're able to help with them. For us, it's really about educating businesses what's out there for resources. Our worst nightmare is watching a business go to a high interest or a predatory lender where they think they're finding a very quick solution. And before they know it, they're paying literally you know, 50% interest rates on a fast cash loan. And now all of a sudden, they're having trouble keeping their head above water trying to make those payments. So we really focus on trying to provide counseling redirect them towards Tabor to get some uh, technical assistance and really try to show them what their options are. And to reiterate, I just want to be clear that technical assistance for small business is not the same as tech assistance or tech support as we know it in the IT and computer world. 
Technical assistance for small business is the process of providing targeted support or consulting services in a specific area of need, such as legal, financial, insurance, and other aspects we've been discussing today. Yes, it really comes down to sitting down with um, Angelica and really letting her listen to see, you know, what are the issues, what are your resources, and she's an expert at trying to match what we have available to what the need of the business is. That's really great. You know, while you can't be doing it face-to-face these days with social distancing, it still so easily can happen with video conference and just to partner with someone in their process and try to help find the relief that they need. It's so exciting to hear about all the resources that really are available in a time when they're in such high demand. Ollie, do you have a phone number and website address you can share with us for people to be able to write down? And so go grab your pencils. And if you don't have them handy, we'll repeat it again towards the end of our podcast. But Ollie, can you share that phone number and web address, please? Okay. For information on Tabor 100, you can visit tabor100.org. That's our website. If you want to email to make appointments to come out and do a tour or for any of the services that I mentioned as far as are needing care packages to get going, you can send an email to staff at tabor100.org. And I can always be reached at president at tabor100.org. That's great. That's tabor100 is T-A-B-O-R and then the digits 100. So T-A-B-O-R100.org. Thank you so much, Ollie. Mm-hmm. And Richard, can you share Angelica's email with us? She's the direct contact for the Seattle Credit Union office inside Tabor 100. Her name is Angelica Dottie? Yes, it's Angelica, A-N-G-E-L-I-C-A dot Dottie, D-O-T-Y, at seattlecu.com. That's great. Again, that's Seattle and the letters C-U for credit union, seattlecu.com. Richard, do you have a few examples you could share with us as being able to help fund uh, some small businesses and get them started on their journey? Sure. I can give you some recent success stories. You know, we helped a hair salon in Kirkland recently. Uh, It's a business member that has had commercial loans with us and needed a SBA payroll protection program loan. And they were able to assist 20 employees and staff with the loan we gave them. Um, We also, yeah, we also helped uh, African-American owned restaurant in Bothell, long-term member who needed a PPP loan and was able to help their seven employees uh, stay on payroll. We helped a Mexican owned restaurant who was turned down by their national bank for SBA assistance. And with the loan we gave them, they were able to help with the expenses of eight employees And uh, we also recently helped an immigration lawyer in Seattle who were able to get a credit line for and help them with covering their operating expenses. So as you can see, it's a variety of types of loans. Right now, the biggest demand has been for the SBA program. We encourage if and when the program restarts for people to submit their applications. And if you need technical assistance, please reach out to Tabor, reach out to us. And we will help guide you through the process. Thank you for those examples. Why do you suppose it would be that a national bank would turn down? Is this part of that sweet spot you were talking about for small businesses where some big banks won't give you time or attention? 
It's a great question. You know, the question being, why do small businesses find it challenging to get help from commercial banks? And, you know, banks are for-profit businesses, and obviously they have pretty healthy performance goals to hit in order to satisfy shareholders. Credit unions are financial cooperatives, so we don't have that pressure. And so our charter and who we are is really focused on helping our membership. And our membership is composed of the everyday person walking down the street. So that's typically your small business owner or your entrepreneur. And we are not focused on making a lot of money off people. We're here to serve them. And a lot of the small businesses that don't have the large commercial relationships with banks, the larger businesses have priority. And, you know, this is no secret. You look at any uh, news reporting agency and you will find an article. There's articles there today about this problem. At Seattle Credit Union, we're a not-for-profit. I think that's the easiest way to, to explain it. Yeah, that's helpful. I think that's great to understand that difference. Well, Susie, I want to elaborate off of that to go over one of the things that Tabor realized in the process of helping the businesses with these grants and different smaller grants that the city, the state, the county was putting out there is it was such a demand from small business for these grants that the funds were running out and not able to serve everyone that was applying for them. I have a a big stack of applications sitting here in front of me. And when I look at them, because we've had to send emails to all of these folks to say, you didn't get it, you didn't get it, you didn't get it. Even in some cases, some of the ones that got the grants, when you go through all of what the government want in order to give you the money, you're going to need receipts for this or this don't count, this count. It was discouraging to some people that they said, forget it. So one of the things that Tabor is looking to do and announce within the next week or two is to kick off our campaign of getting funding where Tabor can administer the grants. We we know the businesses, we know their needs, we know who's legit and that these funds would help them stay in business. So we are hoping to kick off a grant campaign to raise funds that we will have housed in Seattle Credit Union and we're able to review these applications and qualify them for grants to get them going. It helps cut some of that red tape. And to your point, they're known individuals that you've had relationships with or you understand where the challenges lie and just streamline that process to get them the funding they need sooner without all of that documentation. I know at some point as an entrepreneur, you have to weigh the value of your time and that of the others who are helping you work your finances against the amount that the loan will cover. (laughs) Right, exactly. And one of the things I said, and I talked to the city, the state, the county all the time is, you have good intentions, you come up with programs to help a certain area, women, minority business, small business, but then you start putting processes in place that eliminates the very people you're trying to help. So you have people sitting there making decisions and making processes for small businesses that have never run a small business. 
I've heard you talk about this before in a previous conversation. I believe the example was a large municipality was taking applications for retail vendors and how difficult it was for a small family business, for example, to compete with a large chain, even though, honestly, either uh, vendor would have been a great candidate. It sometimes comes down to how the application is worded or the RFP proposal process or the individuals that are sitting on the review board. If they aren't familiar with how small businesses run as opposed to a much larger commercial business, for example, uh, then sometimes a small business might be left out or they don't fill in some of the form and then that immediately takes them out of the running. So I think it's really important, this technical assistance and support to help people um, really put their best foot forward for their small business. Yes, we need to be able to do things for these businesses that couldn't happen if there's not more hands-on type relationships going on. I think that's fair. You know, you, you often hear the phrase, all else equal, what is the tiebreaker that gets someone else the loan? Right. Or in this case, it's the reverse. What is the tiebreaker that makes them not award funds to someone who's just hasn't dotted an I or crossed a T or had a form exactly. filled out or knew exactly. the right person at the right time? You know, sometimes it's literally circumstance and timing. And Tabor 100 and Seattle Credit Union yes. and others that are part of this organization stand to help minimize those roadblocks and uh, put you on a path to success. Such important work. I'm so happy to have had you both on the podcast today. Thank you, Richard, and thank you so much, Ollie. I'd like to have you each share the contact information one more time. For those, if you went to grab a pencil, here's your second chance. Ollie, can you share the URL again for us, please? Tabor100.org, T-A-B-O-R, the number 100.org to email that staff at Tabor100.org to send an email to me that's president at Tabor100.org. That's great, Ollie. Thank you so much. Richard, can you please share Angelica's contact information? Yes. Well, once again, it's Angelica Dottie. So it's A-N-G-E-L-I-C-A dot Dottie, D-O-T-Y, at SeattleCU.com. Thanks again so much to both of you. I've learned a lot. I hope our listeners have too. And um, if you have a great business idea or are in need of some services, you know how to reach out. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Thanks, everyone. This has been a What You Need When You Need It podcast by Seattle Credit Union, Seattle's partner in growth and prosperity. To submit a topic for consideration, please visit seattlecu.com slash podcast. Seattle Credit Union is federally insured by NCUA, an equal housing opportunity lender.